Welcome to Season 6, Episode 21 of Match Wits. I'm your host, Steve, alongside my younger brother, Chris. Hola, hermano. <laughs> Match Wits is a nostalgia-infused pop culture podcast where we go round and round on one topic, finish on another, pretty much top of mind type of stuff, stream of consciousness. We do, we do try to focus then, and we do prepare for these podcasts from time to time, and this is a very special Father's Day edition of the Match Wits podcast. It um, might be a very special <laughs> edition <laughs> if we can get our special guest on the line ever. But otherwise, this could be me and you talking about stuff randomly. So. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll continue talking about, because we were talking about some things before we hit record on this. And we're using some different software this time because we wanted our, our, our father to be able to dial in here. Um, and, and I've been texting him as we're going here to try to get him into the into the into the meeting here so we can we can hear his audio you have him call in we're trying to make this easy on him um so with, with with that what were we talking about we were talking about chernobyl off air how much that show effing rules and how much of that show is actually accurate the, the i was listening that every episode hbo released a podcast called the chernobyl podcast that has the creator writer and producer craig mazin with another host on and they basically fact check everything that goes on in the episode and i listened to the entire thing because i've watched the series all the way through so i listened to the entire podcast all the way through i think it's five episodes for each episode it, one for each corresponding episode and then i restarted the miniseries last night just to kind of rewatch it and all the stories everything that kind of happens on there that you just kind of shake your head and go no way is that real yeah it was real like there, there's one part where they start first bringing the firefighters in for the radiation burns and the head doctor talks about using milk yeah that's that's really what they did and the, craig mazin the, the producer and creator was like yeah not a good idea but that's what they did and so there's a whole <laughs> There's a whole series of things like we were talking about the end of episode two ends with they call them the divers. And it's these three guys that they send in. Uh oh, oh, hello. Hello. Oh, my gosh. There he is. Oh, my God. Oh, what can I do for you? Ladies and gentlemen, oh our father has arrived. Uh Oh, <laughs> hello, father. Can you hear us? OK. Uh, yes, very well. Well, happy Father's you guys? Day happy to you. Happy Father's Day to you. Yeah. I like the trading. I, I said, Dad, a Mr. Mom gif of Happy Father's Day when Michael Keaton is holding the child's rear end up to the hairdryer in the public bathroom. And then we traded Mr. Mom quotes for the next few. We just minutes. watched the whole movie. Oh, really? Maggie and I just, yeah, we, she had not seen it. Oh, okay. So I got the movie. So we just were finishing up the movie. When you guys no. decided to do the cast. <laughs> That's very funny. Well, there were that, so many great one-liners in there, you know. 357, 358, whatever it took. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, that that also goes along. 221. Yeah, that, that goes along with my, between you guys showing me Young Frankenstein and watching okay. Mr. Mom so frequently, Terry Garr was one of my first like childhood crushes. Like, so when anytime okay. anyone talks about like my first ones, it was Terry Gar and it was Shelley Long from, cause you guys used to okay. watch Cheers, used to watch Cheers, <laughs> Cheers so much. Yeah. yeah. And I was in love with Shelley Long. And then I loved the money pit with Tom Hanks and she was adorable in that too. So my first two childhood crushes were Terry Gar from Young Frankenstein and Mr. Mom and Shelley Long. Hmm. We're not going to talk about how weird that is. Yeah. All right, moving on. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Dad, glad you could get hop on the podcast with us. Um, this is a casual podcast. Chris and I, we talk about things like to, I, I think you tried to listen to one of the early episodes. Um, we talk about stuff from our childhood. We talk about pop culture stuff. We talk, ultimately end up talking about movies. So, you are the first official, and I think it's appropriate. You're the first guest that we've had. This is episode twenty-one of the podcast. Uh, Chris and I have been doing this every Saturday or Sunday since the very beginning of this year. Sands one, it was funny, the one weekend we missed was actually the week, the weekend I was in Philadelphia with Chris. We just, we couldn't do it live. We needed to do it remote, I guess. We we decided that we didn't want to stare at each other while we were talking about stuff. So we decided <laughs> to scrap that week. Right. But good choice. Good but, choice. But, but one of the things about this that and, and it's funny, I get I get texts out, out of the blue dad on um, on this podcast. So 
but one of the reasons I started it was just, you know, with with us being, you know, with us being on the West Coast now and and everything, it was just a good way for Chris and I to just kind of connect and, and talk about things. And we like to have these spirited debates about topics. We don't argue as much as maybe we used to, or you know, we do it maybe family <laughs> gatherings when there's alcohol involved. But uh, uh, it, it's it's been fun. So as I mentioned, I get texts out of the blue. So last week. Um, or was it two weeks ago, Chris? I got a I got a text out of the blue, and <laughs> it was a, a number my phone didn't recognize. And I guess I should I, I should set this up a little bit. In one of the episodes, and maybe Dad, you can s- settle this for us. In one of the early episodes, I talk about the skating rink that was over there on Thirty Eighth and McClellan. Do you remember the name of that skating rink oh, where we used to go on Thursdays, the Holy Rosary? Oh boy, the name because I know they changed it to the igloo when they put the ice in there. Yep, right. But I well, don't remember. Well, so here was the debate. So I said it was called Skatery. Chris said it was pronounced Skate Erie. So we had this long, long-standing debate on which is the appropriate pronunciation. So, and that was what we, Chris, we did that in. February, I think was when we recorded that podcast. And then last week, out of the blue, I get a, I get a text. This is Sean. So I'm listening to Match Wits episode, season six, episode five. It's called Skatery. Never heard of Skatery. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, was was, but it was from McNerney. Out of the blue. He texted me, so it's awesome. So that's that's kind of why we started to do this podcast. It's just an opportunity to, I was, you know, as I hit middle age here and thinking about, you know, some of the things from from our childhood that we that Chris and I shared. And, and there's things that, because I'm seven years older, there's things that we didn't share. Like I got a completely different experience with some things than than he did with that seven year gap. So it's just been it's just sort of fun thing that we do uh, on the weekends. And again, I guess people are listening because I get these texts about about different topics. So. We thought again as 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 the the first official guest of the show. We may have this may go well. We may have other guests, or it may not go well. We may not, you might be the the one and only guest uh, on the Match with okay. podcast. But anyways, wanted to have you on. Wanted to talk about you know just you know your life a little bit. Um, you know you you are our dad, and 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 we we owe you a ton. Um, you've had a tremendous influence on, on our lives just from, you know, the, the men we've become and, but also just like the little things, the pop culture things, the, our tastes in things. And, and Chris has already talked about it a little bit, like, you know, our sense of humor completely, you're to blame. Let's put it that way. Like, yep. yeah. um, <laughs> you're responsible for this disaster of a humor or sense of humor that I have, old man. Well, I always, Sorry. I always, I always tell people that. I saw Mel Brooks's entire catalog, I think by the time I was 12 or 13. So okay. I, didn't even get, I didn't even get the sex jokes, but I knew all the other stuff. And I always thought it was hysterical. So that definitely would change a young person's sense of humor that the primary, my primary influence was Sesame Street and the Muppets and Mel Brooks. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's quite a, quite a difference. Exactly. That's why I'm the weirdo that I am now. Don't be so, wrong. You're just unique. You're not weird. You're unique. Well, and I, I, I think I think all three of you. It's fair to say all three of your children are are unique and in yeah. varying regards. There you go. Um, yeah. So, I think you know we we've come up with I would say loosely have some some questions and things just to help frame the conversation. So um, you know, because we Chris and I ask questions back and forth on the podcast. Um, and Chris, I'll let you go first. If there's anything that you, uh, if you want to ask dad or you want to want to start to kick off the conversation for us today. Sure. Like, well, dad, we, we've always been pretty close, but one of the things that I never really talked to you about is about your childhood and all right. So what year were you born? 40, 1947, 47. Okay. So like you grew up in, in the fifties, like that's when you were, well, I mean, you were 13, but in sixties turned around, but so the fifties were considered a golden age of television. What did you like when you came home from school? Did you immediately go and start watching something on TV? And if so, like what were your earliest memories of television? Like I was trying to think. Like I don't remember. Like Mr. Ed, Howdy Doody. <laughs> I don't. I don't. 
Okay. Yeah, there was that, but we uh, American Bandstand with okay. Dick Clark was real yeah. big. You know, you you know got introduced to all the new songs that were coming out, and they used to have uh, the kids that were on the program used to rate the music. They would okay. say if it was good to dance to, I liked the lyrics, but I didn't like the music, and it was just you kind of got introduced to all the different kinds of uh, new Is music that... that was coming out. That's where you got like. I mean, obviously now it's a lot easier to get access to new music, but that's that's where you got it from was from American Bandstand. That is correct. Oh wow! That and then you know at night before you went to bed, you had your little transistor radio, and we used to be able to get a uh, station out of Detroit. It was KDKA, and they were kind of like. Uh, the one station that was kind of the cutting edge of all the new music that was coming out. Okay. And that's with the music we like. I remember the uh, the Four Seasons coming out with Sherry and stuff like that. And then you know the next day at school we you know talk about it amongst my classmates. Wow, like that, that I I never even thought about listening to. You know what I mean? Like that's how you would get your music. I just didn't even think about that. But what did you what did you watch outside of American Bandstand? Was there any like sitcoms or, you know what I mean? Like I know there are really not many sitcoms, and we did not watch a lot of television in our house. Right. Right. We only had but one TV, and uh, the one thing we I remember watching was the Ed Sullivan Show on Sunday nights. And, you know, Ed Sullivan, you know, in the 60s are the ones that had the Beatles. Right. But he right. had all the uh, rock and roll. They had Elvis on there. It didn't they have wouldn't show him from the waist down. Waist up. I remember, I yeah. remember reading about that in my pop culture class because it was, it was considered too risque the way he gyrated. He was gyrating those hips. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and it was supposed to be provocative, you know. So. Yeah. 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 And he would rile all the women up. That's very funny. Well, so supposedly, never... yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing, and, and Chris probably doesn't remember this, but I certainly do. And, and, and certainly for you, Dad, it was like TV used to go off the air. Like, I, I remember that. <laughs> like, and, and certainly, and, and certainly uh, the, uh, my kids and, and um, your grandkids, Dad, they don't realize like that television went off the air. Like, you had three channels, then Fox came around. Uh, and oh. then. It, it, it would go off the air like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. It would go on a little bit later um, sometimes, but then it would play the national anthem, and then you had test bars until 6 a.m. Right, but actually they had only two stations. It was NBC and CBS, and ABC came on a little later. Oh, right. I think an ABC yeah. came out probably, you know, mid-50s. That's right. Holy crap. But there was NBC, CBS, but what we could do – if it was a clear night and that stuff, sometimes you could get the Canadian stations, like from Hamilton, Ontario. Oh, right. And they had TV that was on all night. Oh, nice. And sometimes you could get those those stations, depending on which way the wind was blowing, I guess, or how clear the sky was. Right. They so didn't have any interference, but you could get the old Canadian stations. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and they nuts. were, uh, you know, the Canadian stations too at that time were uncensored. Were uncensored. So it was like our HBO kind of thing. We would get, uh, you know, you could see a little bit of nakedness <laughs> on <laughs> well, the program. When I used to, when we moved into our Wayne, or not our Wayne Street house, but the Woodbine house, and I had that front bedroom, I used to put the rabbit ears on that television up there because I could pick up Canadian stations because <laughs> we were so far up on that hill. That Steve, like that's the first time I saw uncensored Porkies. <laughs> like it was, they they played it on. I think it was like Channel Six or something like that, and I was watching it, and I didn't even think anything of it, and then all of a sudden they showed the nudity part of it. I was like. Okay, I'm gonna get up and lock that door real quick. Just, <laughs> but, that's, but, but they used to always do that, and I remember when we first like when you started putting cable in all the rooms, and you're like, "Well, you don't need these rabbit ears anymore." And I was like, "But I want the rabbit ears. I want them up there. I'll, I'll take my normal channels plus my Canadian uncensored teenage." Song. Yeah, well, even I did the same thing in my teenage. There, there you go. <laughs> So, all right. So while you're on this, Chris, and I, does dad know the story of, maybe you should, we should tell it anyways, of 
like your Cinemax movie collection. Like, yes, that's the one. That's the one that found them. <laughs> yeah, I found those down, and we had that little place in the basement. My my yeah, the rec room in the basement. Yeah, and there was, there was the, all yeah. these unmarked, all these unmarked tapes, and it was all when we had like free previews and everything for the the adult cha- or not adult channels, but Cinemax used to show Red Shoe Diaries and yeah, right. all those kind of but, Lady Chatterley and all those. But I and I used. To, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, then I used to set the because they wouldn't show up unless it was programmed into the VCR when you were changing the channels because that's how we changed channels was just through the VCR. But if it wasn't programmed in, it wouldn't show up, but it was still there. So I used to record as much as I could <laughs> get the TV guide. And yep. but but didn't at one point and, and we, it's something to do with a free trial or something where you actually got Cinemax for like a month recorded them all and, and then like paid the bill. So nobody ever noticed or did I, nah, did I imagine? No, that? it was, yeah. No, well, before no, I, you to just get free yeah. samplings of the, Oh, okay. I used to tell get the Cinemax, story that, HBO. Yeah. I used, I used to tell to the story up. that, I, yeah, I tried. Well, I used to tell the story that I somehow signed up for Cinemax and then stole the bill and paid it before you guys noticed, but it was all free trials. I used to look because the the, the the first the first or second page of the TV guide would have all of those upcoming free trials. So as soon as that came out, I used to sit down with the TV guide and I was like, "All right, so Lady Chatterley Adventures is on at two o'clock in the morning next Tuesday." And I used to go into the basement and I would program the VCR to record that, and then I would just leave the tapes blank, thinking that nobody because I was I was the only person that we used to record movies that that voraciously so yeah. no one would really mess with it but then i remember i don't remember, dad you came to get me i think it was at like the damari's house or something and i just get in the car and you just you, you're chewing your lip and i could just <laughs> tell you you're mad about something <laughs> and he's like so uh so i found some tapes downstairs and i just remember i feel like all of the color just leave my face i'm like oh no <laughs> <laughs> and I had to explain that I was—I was, I was like 13, 14, 15 years old. Like, good lord, if that's the worst I was doing. Then be glad. Well, and then for me, that's right. Know, when I would come home from college, I would have to sleep down there. And then once I realized what the, was on those tapes, I was like, every time I would come home, like, Chris, you got anything new? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, so Aaron, Aaron Hurdle had a satellite to scrambler, and then another friend of mine, Christy Dorich, had it too. And I used to tell them. They were like, all right, look what's coming up and just tell me. And I used to come to Holy Rosary with like a notepad with like a list of stuff. Like, all right, record these. <laughs> these might be good. Like Sorority House Massacre too. Like all of these like kind of bad sea horror movies that were all TNA fest with gore. I used to just, I had it like Steve. I'm no joke, maybe 15, 16 tapes full of like extended play where you could get about three movies per per tape and i right, used to probably right. have 20 25 of them down there so if yeah. only you would have put as much effort <laughs> into school as you did into developing <laughs> an extensive catalog steve at that time <laughs> i did put that much effort into school i was doing i did really well at holy rosary and did right, okay at, at prep. so like i was just i multitasked like you can't <laughs> that's awesome you know i was just thinking back you know you were the only one that knew how to run the um the recorder yeah because it would still be uh flashing 12 o'clock if it was up to me yeah and it it used to drive me nuts every time we had a power outage like you guys would just leave the the flashing i would i would go around and have to reset because it used to drive me nuts if it was flashing so i would go around right but it wasn't that uh we left it. It's just, we couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. Well, so, do either of you watch the Goldbergs? No. Uh, some don't. of it, yeah. It, Dad, I Adam, watched it a few times. I'm Adam. Like, look at the way his glasses look, the way he dressed. Like, that's, okay. that right. he's basically me. Like, when they start talking about all the, like, the only thing I didn't do was we didn't have a video camera, so I didn't record everything growing up. But his infatuation with the Goonies and Karate Kid and all of that, like, that's me. Well, Barry. And, and I think there's a little in, in, in Chris's documenting and looking in the TV guide and recording the skin flicks. I think there's a little learned behavior in there because and, and dad, we've talked about this on the podcast before. We had that extensive collection of Avanti 
videotapes that mom she would record all the movies remember and then she had a little book that had them they were all numbered yeah, the and they the had like a directory of all the the movies that we would tape when we got free hbo Oh, I don't I even remember that. You don't remember that? We, oh, so, yeah. I still have some. Crystal has some. We had to, when we lived on Wayne Street, we would, and we would be like, hey, it's a free HBO weekend. Mom would be like, all right, I'm going to record Popeye and 16 Candles and Rhinestone Cowboy and Ghostbusters. So we had all this. And then I don't know if she was bored or whatever. And then she like made this little sheet of like each tape, what was on it, put the labels on. So mm-hmm. I still have some and, and Crystal has some. Well, yeah. it, we so we used to always talk about the extended those extended tapes. So you could get six hours on. Well, if the first two movies were two and a half hours or two hours and fifteen minutes, you only got an hour and a half of the next one. So you better guess. <laughs> there you go. How that one ends? <laughs> yeah. See how see how Raiders of the Lost Ark finishes up. Uh, no, see, so you would <laughs> never put Raiders third. You would always put like one of the crappy ones that I would tape, like that No Retreat, No Surrender, or the uh, Midnight Madness. Last last dragon midnight madness like those type of ones are the ones you put last but you put like star wars first you put it raiders yeah, yeah. of lost Ark yeah, yeah. first well steve i i still tell the story i think i'm i i have one of the original theatrical versions of star wars which is un you can't get it it's unobtainable at this point in time because they only release the special edition so i think i still have one of the or like one of the theatrical cuts of star wars on videotape like the one that you can actually see the stick that Alec Guinness is holding at one point in time. We're like, they <laughs> yeah, forgot about that recently. Yeah. They forgot to rotoscope a frame of the lightsaber, so it's just the lighted stick, the lit stick that he's holding. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so like I have all that. Like I still, I dude, I honestly think Han shot first in the tape that I have, <laughs> which they changed in the later version. So it's always Greedo shoots first from the special version on. But right. we have them. All right, so. Along those along those lines, Dad. So one of the other things uh, we could go on and on about stuff that Chris and I did. Um, <laughs> uh, we were talking about off air um, the uh, the stereo I bought my freshman year of college. So before, okay, before you do you remember that? So before before you jumped on, Chris and I were talking. I don't even know how we got on the subject. Oh, we, we were talking about uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall. But my freshman year of college. And and unbeknownst, well, I don't know, whatever, not unbeknownst, but I maybe didn't realize the ramifications of when you take out a student loan and you take it out for X amount of dollars, they will give you the balance back to use for room and board or food. And I proceeded to go out and buy a, a stereo. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure that was one of the best decisions I ever made. But at that time, I really feel like in, in order to motivate myself and get through college, I needed something to listen to music on. So, okay, sure. We, 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 you know, there was just a thing on the nightly news about uh, how kids, you know, instead of paying off your college loans after you graduate, it was talking about paying them off as you go along. Like if you got an income tax check back, you put that towards your college loans. Yep. They were talking about certain if you got rebates. Instead of going out and buying the latest iPhone, they were talking about putting that towards your student loans. And that's one of the ways you don't get banged with all that money after you graduate. They were talking about putting the money back. Yeah, yeah. hindsight being what it is. And I was thinking that immediately, and I was thinking of you (laughs) with drum sets, stereos, (laughs) Yep. And everything else. Yeah, and then said, oh would, every time you would come to IUP to pick me up, and I'd have like more CDs, and you're like, you you're, you call us up saying you need money for food, but you've got the latest whatever album CD, and you get the stack yep. keeps getting bigger. That was a point of contention I'd for tell you to go eat time. your CDs. Yeah, <laughs> eat your CDs. That was always go eat your movies, Chris. You go. Oh, I, I don't. <laughs> I always tell the the story when you guys came to pick me up from Penn State the one time we were cleaning out my dorm and I found the movie Swingers and I had to take it back to Mike's video and in Calder Way and it, it cost me ninety eight dollars because it was like <laughs> four months overdue. Yeah, that was a proud moment. Would have been cheaper to buy the movie. Yeah. It was. It was. It was cheaper to buy the movie and I still have it in the Mike's case. Now, in, 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 when we lived at the Spam House in, in college, and I don't know, Dad, that you've ever you know, had a problem with the investment that the, the five of us made in the, the kegerator 
right? Because I think that was a, a, a okay. A, I remember a sound, that in the seller way. Yeah, that was a sound financial, a fiscal decision, right? Because you know, beer by the case or beer by the six pack far more expensive than buying it by the keg. So we all chipped in and we would buy beer by the keg. And for what was like thirty five dollars for a keg of cheap beer at the time, that would last us a good week, two weeks. So that was good. Mm-hmm. I never, I don't think you any had any problem with that, did you? No. <laughs> God, I had given up by then. <laughs> no, you you gave up on it. You won. You made you won. No, that was a good, but that was a good decision. That was good. You know, CDs again when I'm when I'm eating um, Hormel chili and and Cool Ranch Doritos, but I have the latest uh, therapy album. I mean, that's what you do. That's what you do when you're young, right? Yeah, I guess. I make terrible life choices. <laughs> All right, so uh, Chris, you have other. Other things you want to ask dad? What do you remember what the mo- first movie you saw in a movie theater was? Or do you oh, have God. like a, like one of those moments? Like I remember seeing this there. Like, cause I always think back the first one that I kind of, well, I don't know if it's now just a manufactured memory or if I really remember it, but I thought I remember going to see return of the Jedi in 1984. I would have been like five at the inside theater in the mall with all three of us, me, you, and Steve, Jen, uh, the twins, and Uncle Bob, and then, like, Patrick and Uncle Pat, where, like, people were dressed up and stuff. And, like, I think I remember that, but I also think it could be watching it at a young age versus them having all the the Vader costume and the Yoda costume, and now I'm just kind of mixing them all together. Mm-hmm. So I'd like, to th- I'd like to tell people that that's my first memory, but do you have one that you can remember from like either your childhood or taking us when we were kids? No, not, you know, I don't remember the costumes, but I remember taking all you guys to the theater. I remember we went out to Dipson's Plaza and we all went and that was the twins and, you know, okay. Patrick. And yeah, I remember that, but I don't remember any costumes. Yeah. Uh. Well, and I distinctly, Chris, remember us all going because it was one of those where it was the because, you know, we all we, our, our holidays were always pretty structured with, you know, like go to Conneaut or, or whatever yeah. and, and for Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff. But I remember a Thanksgiving where I think we were in Erie and we all went to the what was the one out by um, St. Uh, by Villa. Was that the village? Dipson's Dipson's Plaza. You're talking about the theater? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. one out, the one out by Villa there. Yeah, yeah, it was called Dipson's. Dipson's okay. well, Plaza. Yeah, I think it eventually became. Because they had the first seats that moved. Yeah, they, were they just tore down recently, right? Oh yeah, that's all torn down. Yeah. But. I remember us all going there, that whole list of cast of characters, all our cousins and, 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 and everybody went and we saw Jurassic Park there on Thanksgiving. I was like, you can go to the movies on Thanksgiving because it was a game changer because going to Connie, we always had to do something because like all of us bouncing around the house, like probably. No, that's not the way it was. You just pushed us in the basement and they tormented me. That's what you guys did. When you guys didn't have something to watch or something to do, it was like, all right, let's see how far we can push Chris until he breaks. Uh, it wasn't always you. It, it, it kind of made its way around. It was it, really, but did you ever get Allison to the point of her screaming and crying and having to go upstairs? No, no, but no, no, no you're right. No, and even, even it was Even when Tommy and Mike came around, it was like nah. too, too young. Yeah. The, the gap was the gap was too was too much. You couldn't pick on a four year old, but you yeah, could pick you were, on a you were the sweet spot. Yeah, yep. You were right yeah. there in the you know, right there. Yeah, the that's moment. true. Yeah, and I was pu- and I was pudgy and had a giant head and yeah, yeah. It was the, it was the easy <laughs> mark, but it also yeah. turned me into the the smart ass that I am now. Like I can talk myself into and out of any situation yeah. thanks to being verbally berated as a child, but. That being said, Steve, you also broke my shoulder, and I'm pretty sure it was on purpose. It was not on purpose. <laughs> it was. I landed it was. on you playing volleyball in volleyball in yeah. the but there, There's the difference between landing on it or Anthony Barr landing on top of Aaron Rodgers and grinding him into the ground until his his collarbone breaks. Well, there's a difference. You you weren't you you weren't very good, right? And you I had, had to I, I, I had to carry. I had to carry the whole team. 
you had to have landed directly on top of me. Like you had to have. That's the only way that kind of force coming down would break that collarbone that way. Yep, your bones are weak. You don't eat your vegetables. I was seven years young. <laughs> bull crap, dude. I drank. I drank more. I drank more milk than was probably healthy at that point in time as a kid. Like I used to just pound milk. So don't tell me my bones are brittle. My seven-year-old, my seven-year-old's-older brother jumped on me with a full weight of himself. But it wasn't like I did it maliciously. We were playing a game. Yes, you did. You You most certainly did. (laughs) All right. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on, yep. This is like the fourth time it's come up in the podcast. Chris has got this thing about me. I would imagine, yep. That, and I was like, just rub some dirt on it. No, you picked me up by it. You yep. grabbed me by the arm that the shoulder was broken and pulled me to my feet. And I went, ow, there's something wrong. And you were like, nah, suck it up, you, you wuss. And I, I went and I laid because down. We were, we were at a track meet for the twins. Yep. 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 And they had to page me at the track meet. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, or was it that we waited until we got home. And no, I think I waited until you got home because I didn't think it was that serious. And you came, I think, and then you came and took one look at it. You're like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's broken. Yeah, because we went to the ER yeah. and got an x-ray. Yeah, it's not my collarbone. that. And I had to wear that stupid figure eight thing to keep my shoulders back in a sling. They don't and... even do that anymore. I'm sure. Yeah. They just put you in a sling. That was like uh, Chris when I when I flicked the uh, the rose bush at you. Yeah, and, and embedded an inch and a half long thorn, a quarter of an inch below the surface of my back, like what, like an inch to the left of my lung. Yeah, I still tell that story when we went to see Doctor Dickey, and he was just like, "All right, he's digging around in my back with hemostats, and I'm squirming, and he puts his big." big ham hoof of a hand on my back and just flattens me down. He's like, stop squirming. I was like, that, Dr. Dickey, that kind of hurts a little bit. He was like, all right, give this pussy a shot of Novocaine. And they, they numbed it up around it. They did a little X incision. And all of a sudden you hear it. I remember hearing the sound. It made like a noise as he pulled it out of my back. And you just hear him go, huh, I bet you that did hurt. And he kind of showed it to me. It was just like inch long inch and a half long thorn that had been embedded in my back for like in the muscles uh, like in the muscle tissue of my back for like a week because i remember every night i had to take like a shower and then dad would try to like work on it with the hemostats trying to get it out and then yeah do you remember that dad do you remember what the i certainly do <laughs> that was that was i remember we... you know working with dr rayner when we dug that out Yep. I just remember that, that wet, that thwack noise as he pulled it out. I was like, and you just hear him go, Oh, I bet you that did hurt. And he just put his nose into it. And he, he gave it to me, wrapped it up in gauze so I could bring it home. And I showed it to Steve immediately. I opened it up. I was like, look at this asshole. <laughs> oh, I wasn't trying to you hurt saying, you. Like the, the thorn. You was, say that, was that accidental too? I wasn't trying to embed a thorn in your back, but I thought it would be funny. Too you were much. trying to whack a whack a branch across my back like a like a whip. I did. It, it, yeah, well, that's like most people do that. Yeah, when you're walking, in, you know, in a forest and you bend a branch back, and then you let it snap back on the person behind you. Exactly. Like, but, but I most was behind him, but I pulled it back and I let it go. And most most people, yeah, and it was the whole fact that I was the only person that would fit under this bush to get the volleyball that someone hit over. I was being, I was doing something nice because I was the smallest person to do it. And then the person decides to let the branch go that has the giant thorns Did on it. Did that at Punderson? Yeah. Yeah. I remember as soon as you let it go, I stood up. I was like, oh, boy. And you're like, what's wrong? And I was like, no, that... There's something wrong with my back. And you're like, no, and it was like a tiny tear in my shirt where it, it went right through the fabric of my shirt and into my back. And we got back and I was yeah. like, this doesn't feel right at all. And it was like the next like four days. I remember every time I went swimming, it would work itself out a little bit. And the dad would try to get it out. But it was in there until we got back to Erie. And then I went with dad to orthopedic surgeons and they took it out. And it was yeah. in and a half for him. I was I was I was, great, I was great at glossing over things that maybe I had done that were uh, more severe than I wanted to admit. Um, yeah. So bringing this back to Father's Day and and, and <laughs> so and I know Dad remembers this because it was it was not one of my finest moments. So it would have been I was still in college, I believe. No, no and, what? Are you talking about Kirsten's wedding? No, no, we're not. About <laughs> no, 
no, no, not, no, no. What we're talking about is I went out um, with some friends. We went to the Shaggy Dog, right, which is down, what is that? Dad, I think you used to go to the Shaggy Dog, right? Was it 6th Street, 8th Street? Well, I was only there once or twice, but it was on West 8th Street, yeah, yeah. Chestnut. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was out, and with Shaggy Dog, uh, we, we would go there last. It was packed. You couldn't even talk to anybody. It was, but the beer was like a dollar or whatever. And it was the day, it was a Saturday. The next day is Father's Day. And I was driving one of the Toyotas that I think it was the silver four-door Camry. Like there was like an 80. No, I think it was the white Camry, but it doesn't matter what yeah. vehicle it was. And, and so you probably remember this. So, and then I, I, I pull into where at one point there was a restaurant and there was a parking lot but it had all been demolished and I pull in and I, you know, I, I kind of racked that thing up on top of a, a mound of dirt with some cinder blocks in it to the point where Sean Moore has to get out of the car and push it back off of the rocks because the front tires were spinning. <laughs> and in so pushing it off of the rocks, it ripped the exhaust system off where about the, about the manifold right from the manifold all the way the whole system <laughs> so we parked the car go into the shaggy dog go come home oh i don't know and i noticed the car is making a noise like it's audibly making like i'm like hmm it must be loose so wake up the next morning it's father's day <laughs> i think dad correct me like i don't know if you went out and started the car or if i brought it up proactively but i was like I, I hit a little rock in this parking lot. Uh, the car is making a little bit of noise. You go out, start up the car, come back in was like a little rock. You like you ripped the you ripped the exhaust system off at the manifold. That's kind of how it happened. Yep, I remember it very well. <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Happy Father's Day." So I, I want through so my uh, recollection because we went back to see if we could salvage any of the exhaust system. <laughs> and when I went to that place where that restaurant was, there was a set of steps, concrete poured steps that were still there where the restaurant was gone for that parking lot. Mm -hmm. And you hit the steps mm. and that's what <laughs> tore out the exhaust system yeah. because there was still pizza and parsley of the uh, exhaust system there on the ground but they were beyond uh, beyond repair yeah not 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 my finest moment and probably not that your, changes not your that changes not, the context of your story too steve like you're like i hit a rock in the middle of it dad's like you hit the stairs that were remaining from a hat like a building that used to be there that changes that changes the context of the story like it went from innocent to you're an effing idiot so, like that's what that changes yeah. Oh, it, but, but to my point was, I would gloss over like, ah, oh, come on, Chris. Sure. Like, it, it was a little thorn in your back. Like, it's not yeah, a big, shake it off. Like, shake it off. <laughs> I was like, it was a little, I hit a little rock. Now I hit concrete steps for a building that used to be there. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I apologize. Probably not your, uh, probably not your favorite Father's Day. So is there a favorite Father's Day moment that you remember? Any particular Father's Day or that, that stands oh, God. out? Well, they all have been good. They're all good. You know, those little uh, little dents and that that come along, but I can't remember a particular one that stands way out. That's a very diplomatic answer. <laughs> right. well, that that yes, one we just know, talked about certainly stands out. Almost 72 years old, you don't remember all the Father's days, you know? Well, I was telling, so we were talking about, we, we were trying to figure out what's the maddest you've probably been at us. So that's why I brought up Kirsten's wedding was probably the maddest you've been at Steve. Do you remember the, the New Year's Eve where you had to come find me out at, like by Penn State? Oh, Barrett, yes. When I, got <laughs> I remember that very well. <laughs> I was telling Steve the story. So we kind of want to get it from your perspective. So that's the infamous one where I lost my wallet at the Flamingo Hotel and then I ended up, it was me and Cuzzy, Chris Cuzzabucky went with his girlfriend at the time and one of her friends back to her, her parents' house to kind of hang out and stuff like that. And the parents weren't supposed to be home, but then the parents came home 
and the the either the I think the dad or the stepdad thought I was there for the daughter and grabbed me by my throat and shut like had me jacked up against the wall, demanded my phone number so he could call you to come pick me up and then threw me out of the house. Like I remember being physically thrown off the front porch. <laughs> like into the driveway and then just getting up and kind of stumbling out to the road and then just started walking. And like, of course, I think I was 18, maybe 17 or 18 at that point in time. So like I couldn't hold my booze and then I was just kind of wandering. And I remember not you not finding me for a while. I remember being thrown out and wandering around for a while. And then I remember you finally pulling up and you just glaring at me. And I think you had, I think your lip was probably bleeding from how hard you were biting it. Cause that's how we always knew that you were really mad. Like you would, you would get mad or mom would ask you to feign being mad to kind of play good cop, bad cop. But if I ever saw you chewing your bottom lip, that's when I knew. Oh yeah. All right, I need to not to make a smart ass. Yeah. I need to not make a smart ass <laughs> comment right now. To make and I remember getting in the car and you just glaring at me with like half of your bottom lip, like torn like, and just going, we're not going to talk about it. I just went, dad, I'm so, and I think I started to say the word, sorry. And you're like, we'll talk about this tomorrow. And then the entire drive back from Penn State Barron or out in that area, it may have been the Northeast or whatever, but that whole ride back, we didn't say a word. And then I don't think we actually talked about it. I think I lost <laughs> car privileges or something about it, but it was just, I'm curious to get your, your recollection of that. All I do is I remember, and I don't even know how I got the call to come and get you. And we went out route eight. And it was like a little subdivision off of there. And I drove around that subdivision for at least two hours. <laughs> Maybe I told, three. I told you, Steve, like I remember that passage of time being oh like, my my God. God, I'm lost and I'm never going to be found and I'm going to have to sleep on the ground. And I, yeah. So. And I remember, I think I went someplace to a gas station and called mom and I said, uh, did you hear anything else from Chris? And no. So I just kept on driving around, driving around. And this is no streetlights or anything. It was pitch no. black out there. Yep. And I remember just driving. And finally, I see you walking down the road. <laughs> and by then, you know, you you can only get so mad. Then after a while, you it passes, just, you know. Yeah, you were glad it's that like, I was you know, drinking yourself sober. <laughs> yep. Well, that's, that was the thing. It was, I, I didn't drink all that. Like I drank a couple of times in high school and stuff, but like, I was never a big partier, but that was, that was one of those nights. I was like, all right, I don't, I didn't have to go home. You guys bought some story that I sold you about I was staying at Cousy's or something like that. But the, the interesting epilogue to that story is when you came and got me, it was what, three o'clock in the morning when you finally found me, Cousy was still at that house. Cousy was hiding in a cupboard downstairs because Becky's dad and his high school girlfriend like threatened to kill him if he was there or something like that. And like he was kind of a loose cannon to begin with. Like I was I remember being physically thrown out of the house, but Cousy was so terrified that he waited till everyone went to sleep. And then he snuck out of the house. And then wherever you picked me up, Dad, he walked back to his house in Harbor Creek. Like all the oh way. My God. He used to like like 15, 17 miles, wherever it was. Like, I can't even really recall exactly where the area was, like the, where her house was. But he walked from her house all the way back to his, his parents' house in Harbor Creek. And he was walking into his house as his dad was getting up to go to his pharmacy job. And I just remember his dad just looked at him and did the same thing. He goes, we'll talk about this later. He just went inside <laughs> there you and go. went to bed. And I don't think they ever talked about right. it. So. But, it, it, and that's the funny thing. Like we, uh, kudos to you because I don't know that you ever completely lost your cool with us. Like we did some bad, like messed up stuff. Like, but I don't know that you ever really, you would, you, and, and the way you didn't, do in, inflict any harm on us was you would chew your lip until it was like like you you were gritting your face mm -hmm. so tight that it would uh and we could tell like oh boy he's gonna oh pop boy. like oh we're boy. waiting yep. one day you would pop and no matter whether it was kirsten's wedding or what chris was talking <laughs> about or ripping the exhaust off the car never i don't think ever once uh did you completely lose it 
So, so yay. And that's why I have all these health issues now. <laughs> I'm holding all that in. <laughs> yeah, 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 stress will kill you. So, hey, as we as we wrap up here, because you know we could talk about this all day, and uh, this has been a lot of fun. Sure. But there, there, but there, there, there is there is a story I need to tell because it I think it personifies you as dad as not just our dad, but as as a person, and it's probably the proudest that I've ever been, and 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 and. and I've, I've told this story a lot and it's, it's one of those things where it came out of nowhere and it, uh, it was pretty powerful to me. Um, so I don't remember. It was probably the, it was the August after mom died. Right. So it was, uh, I don't know what year was that? 2000, 2011, 2010. So it was, so it would have been, this would have been eight years ago. Right. So this is the summer of 2011. Um, and I would come up and see you from Virginia, right? Because you know, mom died and and we weren't around. So I, sure. I, you know, I tried to come up and 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 start going to the Zabawa, right? The big Polish festival down there by Holy Trinity, and always a fun event. We got the, you know, you got to see people you grew up with, and we got to connect with other people. It's just fun. It was just fun. You drink Polish beer, eat Polish food, listen to Polish music, and it was it was a way to for us to connect and connect with. Um, you know, uh, kind of our community, you know, our, our Polish roots. And, and we're at the one, it was just you and I were there. Um, and, and I'm going up and I'm getting some p- potato pancakes from this vendor, right? I'm getting my pierogies, my potato pancakes. And this guy working at the, the, the table dishing out the, the pierogies, because you weren't getting anything. I don't know if you were on a diet or you were good. But the guy points at you and says, you, you worked with, I can't remember, if you, usually they say Dr. Rayner. Um, but they say, hey, you, you, are you, I'm sorry to be rude, but are, are you, did you work with Dr. Rayner? And, and, and you said, well, yeah, I did. And he's like, I, I had to stop you because I thought that was you. Um, you know, years ago, my daughter broke her, I think it was her arm, right? And um, you, you took, you put the cast on, you took the cast off or whatever. And, but this guy's telling this story and he's really passionate about this story. Like he's in the middle, I'm like waiting for my potato pancakes and, um, he's telling the story. He's like, you know, the way you treated his daughter and, and the care that she got from you and, and OSI kind of motivated her to become a doctor. Like she, and he's like, my daughter's now in her third year of medical school at Penn state. I just wanted to thank you. I was floored. I was just like, I was in line getting potato pancakes and trying to decide if I'm going to put sour cream on them. And this guy's <laughs> like, Hey, you changed this. I don't know if you remember this or not. And it's funny. We walked away. I'm walking it. I'm like, my jaw dropped open. Right. And I've got my pierogies in one hand and my potato pancakes in the other. And I, I was like, dad, who was it? He's like, and, and you said, I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. So it was one of those things we talked about it later. I was like, but that, I mean, that was the way, like the way you carried yourself in what you did and the way you interacted with people, whether it be your own children or, interacting with the patients, I think that had a profound effect on, on people. So I hear that story and it's just, and I, and I tell that story and it's just, um, it's one of those things where it's like, if you want to understand our father, that, that story is, is it because it was, it was, that was, that was a powerful thing. Cause I was like, you know, I'm, I'm always super competitive. I'm always like, you know, I look at it, but it was so humbling to me as your son to, you know, no, no matter how good I was doing at my job, no matter what I was doing, I was like, I, I, I probably will never have the impact on other people that you did in what you did with your with your career. I, I've sold a lot of wow. software. I've a lot of helped a lot of I've helped a lot of customers. I've helped. I've done a lot of things. But I think that piece of it is um, that's something you should be really proud of. And I'm, I'm certainly proud. I think Chris and Jen are, too. So happy. Ab- absolutely. I am. You're, Thank you. Thank you very much. Dad, the way that you've always, like, your influence on the way I treat other people, like, I've all, I might be a smartass and I might be difficult at times, but I'm never malicious. And that has a lot to do with how you treated people. There was never an ounce of malice. The way we used to, I remember we used to make the joke that every time we went out to dinner, you used to be stopped either on the way to the table or on the way out <laughs> by somebody that you helped. And it was the same, Dad, who was that? I don't know. They would always arm. shake your hand. Yeah. yeah. And he would like, you would always point you like how you feeling. And they would point at the body part and they're like, Oh, okay. Just make sure you're doing this and blah, blah, blah. And you would walk away. And I'm like, dad, who is that? And you're like, I don't know. And you're like, I, I saw him at the office and that it was always that 
it didn't matter if you didn't re recognize the person, the person recognized you. And that's always the way I've I always wanted to be that way to other people. Like being opinionated and being kind of a smart ass is one thing. But one thing that I always take away from that is that you've never had an ounce of malice towards anybody. So thank you for that. Yeah. And well, you're very welcome. I appreciate you hopping on. I know this isn't something you would normally do. So um, <laughs> Chris and I really appreciate it. We had a, uh, we do. We had some, uh, we've had some fun. This is why, this is why Chris and I do these podcasts is able for us to connect and, and, and talk about cool stuff. And, you know, these stories that will get passed down to, uh, to, to our kids and your grandkids, and then hopefully eventually to, uh, to our grandkids. So, uh, with that, the way we wrap up these episodes, dad, is I, I, I tell people who are listening that they can follow us on, on Twitter, um, which is at matchwits, or they can go to our website at matchwits.com. Uh, dad, do you have a, do you have a Twitter that you, <laughs> I do. <laughs> He does actually. I do have a Twitter. He follows the podcast. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of our twenty followers, dude. Nuh uh. What what <laughs> oh, now I have to look it up. I was yeah, it's like Casey Casey Witt or something. That's right. You yeah. said you actually Casey have a Twitter Witt account. 13. Yeah, I think I, I do. think he's on I think he's on Instagram too, Steve. <laughs> I okay. have Instagram, Twitter, I have yeah. Facebook. Dad, dad is social Snapchat. media. Well, I know you, I know you have Facebook, you like, like all the pictures, but now I've got to look at my, I, I, we only have 19 followers. Yep. And one of them's dad. <laughs> one of them's me. One of them's dad. And then the rest oh are like God, people that dad. I know. All right. So I guess we need to follow so you. You can, so let's you can follow our dad. Yeah. And I think the perfect. All right, way, boys. All right. Hold on. Wait, as we wrap up. Um, oh, but you, he's going to follow we're, you. We're your first follower and you haven't tweeted yet. So. You can follow our dad at KenWitt13 uh, at Twitter. <laughs> and, and with that, uh, again, happy Father's Day, Dad. Happy Father's Day, Chris. And uh, that'll do it. All right. Happy Father's happy Day, Father's Dad. Love Day you. To you guys. All right. See ya. Thank right. you very Bye. much. Love you guys, too. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Right. See ya, Dad. But I know how to